Victory Alabang Podcast. We hope this message encourages and inspires you today. Well, hello, Victory family. Hope you're all doing well and we miss everyone. We miss the physical gathering of our church. As you know, I'm here in our new facility here in Village Square and uh, we long to see that day that we will all gather together again. And, uh, you know, no, yeah, we'll, with physical distancing still, but yet the important thing is that we will actually be able to see each other face to face and not just uh, in virtual reality. So hope you're all doing fine and that you are all still hanging in there after six months of quarantine. And uh, I hope that you are not tired of being with your seatmates there. It's like your permanent seatmates. Uh, but we do hope that one day we will see each other again face to face. Well, earlier this week, we had a, an interesting call. Uh, we had a mentoring time with Pastor Steve, Zoom call, and he was actually sharing with us that last Sunday was, was actually his first time to ride a plane after six months of quarantine because, you know, every airport was locked down. But yet, uh, now they're more open in the U.S. And he was able to fly, not outside of the U.S., but just within the U.S. And he flew to North Carolina to minister to the church, uh, our Every Nation Church in North Carolina. You know, his apostolic team, uh, yeah, sorry, his apostolic role is to travel to different nations to preach and to help uh, strengthen the churches. And what's interesting was when he was describing his experience in the airport, uh, that, you know, he was actually Actually, uh, on uh, you know w- wearing a face mask, and that uh, in order for him to be able to take it down, he had to buy like a, you know a Starbucks uh, coffee and drink it really really long so that he doesn't have to put it back on. And when he went inside the plane, there was still uh, physical distancing. You know you can't really sit and occupy every seat there in the plane. And so, you know. Actually, he should have been flying back and forth in different nations already because of the call of our movement, which is an apostolic call. Uh, we are not just about making disciples. We're also about planting churches and world missions. Uh, he should have been back in the Philippines twice already had it not been for COVID. Uh, we miss him. You know, in every nation, as I said, we value world missions. We miss traveling to every nation, to other nations. And I'm sure that many of you are missing already the traveling, the, the riding the planes. Now, now, how many of you guys miss traveling? You know, if, if you miss traveling, why don't you go ahead and put on the comment section down below, maybe the nation that you would like to visit after the pandemic is over. And, you know, just type it down there, whether you want to go to Japan or you would like to go to Russia or you'd like to go to, I don't know, uh, to Australia or whatever. Uh, I'm pretty sure that many of you are planning on a vacation. But, you know, one of the things that we want to also encourage people is to, um, you know, to be able to go to other nations and join our 10 days missions uh, trip. And so today we're still... Uh, shifting back to the word today, we're still in the book of Romans, uh, but we will talk about world missions in the next two weeks as a series within a series. It is a reminder for us of the biblical mandate that God is calling us to preach the gospel into all the world and to make disciples of all nations. We're so familiar with that. We honor God and we make disciples. And so this two-week series is entitled, The, the Mission Continues. The mission continues because we are not the original recipient of this call or this mandate or called the Great Commission. It was the first apostles. We are carrying it forward. We're not the first generation of Christians to face a global crisis or pandemic, and we are not the last ones to also going to, who's going to experience it as well. 
over the centuries, the church has already experienced many catastrophes like pandemic, wars, uh, economic crashes, racial divides, genocides, famine. You can actually enumerate all the different calamities. But yet this pandemic is not a signal to stop the work of the gospel, but to remind us to persevere no matter what. And we are continuing with the mission entrusted to us. And in the past weeks, we talked about how the gospel has affected us individually. And I hope that, you know, as we have gone through the, the Gospel Explained series, and we're not done yet, we're going to go back there again after these two weeks. But yet, uh, there's a lot of learnings and a lot of realization. I hope that you appreciate the fact that, you know, this Gospel is not just something written in this Bible, but that this Gospel impacts our very lives. It has affected us individually and, you know, I hope that you will appreciate how it has brought uh, us into right standing uh, with God. You know, the main theme of uh, Romans is the power of the gospel for the salvation of those who believe. And that's found in Romans chapter 1, verse six, uh, 16. But running through Romans is another important theme. That the same power not only saves individuals, but it redeems nations, which we will find out in today's verse. And so I'd like to invite you to open your Bibles and go ahead. If you are opening a digital device or maybe you're opening a physical Bible, why don't you go ahead and open it to the book of Romans chapter 10 and we'll be reading from verses 12 to 17. Romans chapter 10 verse 12 to 17. Okay, I'll be reading from the ESV, English Standard Version, today. For there is no distinction between Jew or Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not uh, all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed that uh, what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Let's just pray right now. Lord, we thank you in, uh, so much for what you have uh, given to us, this good news, this gospel. And we appreciate the power of the gospel that is continuously working in our lives. And we also thank you for the work of the Holy Spirit for transforming us more and more into the image of Christ. Help us today to understand uh, your truth. And I thank you, Lord God, even today that you will guide us and clarify to us what our role is uh, in spreading this good news to other people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, Paul was called by God to be a missionary to the Gentiles. And if you're familiar with his writings, you know, he practically wrote most of the New Testament, of course, aside from the gospel writers. And, you know, from the first apostolic church, you will read that in the book of Acts. He planted Antioch, and Paul went on the missionary journeys on, in order to preach the gospel and plant other churches as well. Now, Paul wrote the letter to Romans when he was in Corinth. 
during the second missionary journey at around 57 AD. And he was desiring to go to Rome and make it as a strategic apostolic base for the, for the further spread of the gospel. You know, just about this time, most of the eastern part of the empire of Rome has been reached by the gospel. And Paul desired to go and have Rome as the base so that he can more or less move uh, westward uh, to spread the gospel. Now, Rome was the seat of the political and economic power during that time. And so many different people groups and diverse cultures were found in the city of Rome. You know, Europeans, Arabs, Africans, Asians, Chinese maybe. I'm not sure if there are Filipinos already by then. Uh, and he hoped to reach other nations on the western part of the Roman Empire. And that is how the gospel spreads. You know, when missionaries who are called by God go to the nations so that they can bring the good news of Christ to people who are in darkness and who are in bondage to sin and even self-righteousness, now, this is really how the kingdom of God is spreading. And it started when Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. You know, personally, I'm grateful that in 1984, a group of missionaries came to the Philippines to start a church in the university belt. You know, one of those missionaries was Pastor Steve Merle. And together with his wife, Deborah, who both stayed and founded a church that is now known as Victory. And you know, our story did not stop there. That small church back in 1984 in the University Belt in Claro M. Recto, uh, composed of college students, believed the call of God in making disciples, planting churches, and world missions. And they started planting churches around the Philippines and around the world. You know, we used to be the mission field, but now we are the ones sending out missionaries abroad. You know, we have missionaries in different nations like Cambodia, Laos, Singapore, to name a few, Vietnam, Mongolia, uh, Brunei, uh, Bangladesh, Hong Kong, Macau, India, Dubai, Abu Dhabi, Saudi, uh, U.S. We have uh, in Toronto, Taiwan, Armenia, Kyrgyzstan, Uzbekistan, and many, many more nations that you can actually enumerate. And today, we have about 176 full-time Filipino missionaries in about 45 nations. You know, as a church and as a movement, we take seriously the mandate of God to go and make disciples of all nations. In fact, if you are with us, you know, just go ahead and type that word go. Just type the word go, G-O, go, you know, in the comment section down below. And, you know, it's actually a, uh, just a message of a continuous passion in obeying the command of God for his church. You know, we will see that the gospel impacts individuals like you and me, as well as nations. And one of the issues of, one of the issues of many nations that are facing today is this issue of racial discrimination. We will find that issue very much alive in the West, like in the U.S. You know, for example, when several black individuals were physically abused by policemen, whether forcibly arrested or shot or mercilessly pinned to the ground until breathless, you know, this action, this uh, events have sparked a series of protests and rallies in the different states of the U.S. And, you know, this statement, Black Lives Matter, became a chant or a slogan for the oppressed. In fact, discrimination is not just found in different nations based on your race, but sometimes can also be 
found in society or in the workplace. You know, everywhere we look, we see differences in wealth, in power, and status. And some groups have higher status and better privilege than others. This inequality is what you call social stratification. When there is unfair treatment against certain individuals or groups, then that's discrimination. And discrimination can come in different forms like gender or color of skin or age or economic status or, believe it or not, weight, ethnicity, religion sometimes, or even schools. Other national or societal problems are, you know, that you can find elsewhere, sometimes, many times in the Philippines or even in uh, other nations abroad, are corruption, immorality, substance abuse, addiction, violence, murder, prostitution, human trafficking, you know, in some nations, even genocide. And I believe that the answer to all this is not just sitting down on a negotiating table, but the answer to all this is the gospel. Because the issue really is sin. And the gospel brings different nations and ethnicities under the lordship of Christ. The gospel is the ultimate equalizer. Let me say that again. The gospel is the ultimate equalizer. And if the gospel is the great equalizer, how will the people hear about it? What is the responsibility of the church, you and me, to those who haven't heard the gospel? Should we just pray for them, for their hearts to be melted and then repent of their sins before the Lord? Or we can rephrase it something like this. What happens to those who have never heard of Jesus? And, And why care about the people in other nations who don't know about Christ? Now for our movement, my question is, why do we spend millions each year sending missionaries to foreign lands to be able to preach the gospel and reach out to the people who don't know Jesus? You know, this passage that we have read contains the theology that explains the reason for the Great Commission. You know, God loves the world and he was willing to send his son Jesus and he desires to save those who will believe and is grieved for the people who rejects his offer of salvation. And God desires the gospel to be preached into all the world. And here we see God's love and man's need and the church's responsibility. So why do we need to go to the nations? Well, first point is God made the gospel available to all nations. To every nation, if you want to put it there. In Romans chapter 10 verse 12, as I have read earlier, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek for the same Lord is Lord. Of all, bestowing his riches on all who call upon him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. There are no exceptions, nor limitations, nor distinctions. It is not biased towards the Jews. Yes, we know that God has chosen Abraham and he started this uh, you know, country called Israel, and everything came from that lineage. But yet, we know for a fact as well that as the scripture went on, the Jews rejected the message and the Messiah. It didn't say that only the whites or the rich or the churchgoers may call upon the name of the Lord. The Bible says, everyone, you can say that with me, everyone, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. 
And when he says everyone, it means everyone. If you cry out to the Lord, you will be saved. You know, I remember the story of the thief on the cross. At his very last breath, he was crying out for mercy. And when he said to the Lord Jesus, remember me when you enter paradise. As if he's saying, remember M, remember E, put them together, remember me. And God said to him, Jesus said to him, today you are going to be with me in paradise. You know, the Apostle Paul didn't really address the issue of discrimination and prejudice. You know, that's happening in the early church between the Gentiles and the Jews and the prejudice of the Jews against other races because he knew for a fact that the Jews think that they are the only people who are favored by God and thus are the only ones in their minds qualified to be saved. Well, Paul addressed a bigger problem, which is sin. And where sin abounds, then grace abounds even more. Remember that? And grace can only be found through the gospel of Jesus Christ. No amount of negotiation, nor truce, nor peacemaking deals, nor compromise can solve the issue of racial discrimination and divide. The problem is the issue of sin, the issue of the heart, the issue of pride, the issue of false sense of identity and security that is found in the human heart. You know, there's a story of a missionary named Cameron Townsend, and he was a missionary in uh, Guatemala, and he was trying to share the gospel with a tribe that had never heard of the gospel. And they spoke little Spanish during that time. I think Spanish was uh, their main language as they were going out to minister. Uh, but they had their own language, this small tribe, and they had their own dialect. And not one word of the Bible had ever been translated into their language. And one day, Cameron Townsend gave an Indian a Spanish Bible. But that man who could not read English nor Spanish looked at Cameron Townsend and asked him a question that changed his life forever. If your God is so great, he asked, why can't he speak my language? And from that question came a dream. And from that dream came a vision. And from that vision came the greatest missionary translation organization that happened in the history of the Christian church. And this is where Wycliffe Bible translators came in because our God is great and he speaks every language. You know, some of the missionaries that we have sent abroad to the mission fields had to first spend maybe two or three years learning the language of the people that they're trying to reach. You know, one of my friends uh, who used to be a pastor here in Manila uh, is Pastor Mel Kalingo, who married uh, an Austrian named uh, Tanya, and they were called to plant a church in, uh, in Spain. And Pastor Mel had to relearn, you know, that, you know, as Filipinos, one of our requirements before in high school was to learn Spanish. And so Pastor Mel had to relearn and brush up on his Spanish language in order to be able to communicate and preach the message every week and you know in, in the in the native tongue or the native language in, in, in Spain. And it's not the people who will try to adjust to us, but we will be the students of the people that we are trying to reach. Well today Pastor Mel preaches fluently in Spanish. Every week he would actually open up his Bible and speak in Spanish and preach in Spanish. Entiendes? Si. ¿Qué pasa? Well, vamos a seguir. Well, let's move on, okay? 
uh, my second point, okay? Dos, okay? Preaching the gospel opens the door of salvation for people. You know, it is imperative for us as a people of God, as a church, to preach the gospel. You know, we're not just told to go, but we're also called to open up our mouth and share what's inside our hearts. In verse 14, it says, How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him on whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? Now, what an interesting set of questions that the Apostle Paul laid down that describes the progression of the gospel. And in fact, if you study these questions closely, uh, the Apostle Paul lays down the progression of how the process of uh, preaching the gospel and salvation happens from a preacher to that of a uh, one who's getting saved. First that we have noticed in this, uh, you know, in this verse is the preaching of the gospel, then the hearing of the word, then the believing in Jesus, then the calling upon the Lord. And I believe that we can all relate with this. You know, in order for the people of the world to call upon the name of the Lord, someone has to preach to them. You know, many times you think of preaching as the message of the pastor every Sunday, like what I'm, what I'm doing right now. But preaching is broad. It takes different forms. It can happen in your school, in your, in your office, in your, in your neighborhood. You know, when you tell other people about what the Lord has done in your life. I remember the, the method of evangelism that uh, one of our co-founders, Rice Brooks, um, shared using the SALT method of evangelism. SALT, it's very easy to remember. S-A-L-T, SALT, a sin, okay? You are called to be the salt uh, of the earth. You know, SALT stands for S, start a conversation. If you want to uh, be able to share the gospel, of course, it starts from a heart of compassion. You know, a heart of care. When Jesus saw the crowd, his heart was full of compassion towards them. But yet he didn't stop there. Compassion had to be translated into a conversation. And so you start with a conversation. And then you start asking questions. Ask questions. You know, don't talk too much about yourself. You know, inquire, be inquisitive, be a student of that person that you're trying to minister to. Ask them how they are, if they have any problems. Listen to their story. Listen to them. Okay, that's the letter L. You know, many times, you know, they, they would like to open up to, uh, to a person that they can actually trust. And letter T, tell your story. Then after asking questions and after listening, now it's your turn to tell the story. And your story is your unique contribution to the gospel. You're not adding to the gospel, but what you're saying is the gospel of Jesus is actually very effective. That it's caused transformation in your life. And if you're a Christian, you have a story to tell, believe it or not. You know, how has God been good to you? And how did God change your life? Let me ask you this. How many of you who are watching right now consider yourself to be a Christian or a believer and you got saved because someone preached the gospel to you, whether one-on-one or in a small group or uh, in church or maybe on TV or in radio or in any other medium, 
you know, did you get saved because an angel appeared to you and say you must repent and be baptized? You know, most, if not all of the time, as I, you know, I've never heard of such story, but maybe there are. But if you can, you know, if you have heard of that, maybe if that happened to you, then maybe you can share that story with me. But I think the, for the main part, the main uh, part, you know, God designed the gospel to be preached. And our responsibility as believers and as a church is to be able to share the good news. You have a story to tell. Go and preach that. Share that story. That person needs to hear the gospel. The point is this. For salvation to happen, the gospel must be preached. It must be heard. It must be believed in. And then the person gets saved. You know, one of the stories that I appreciate is a story of Billy Graham who passed away about two years ago in uh, 2018. And Billy Graham was 99 years old when he passed away. Billy Graham was the greatest evangelist in our generation. And uh, he was, when he was over 85 years old, he was still preaching. Uh, and he was doing the work of the ministry. And he spoke at a large rally uh, sometimes, uh, sometime in, uh, when he was 85 years old in New Orleans. Uh, though he looked very feeble at this time and his voice was very weak. He told the citizens of that hurricane-ravaged city that God loves them and that Christ died for them. And with little strength that he had, he called each of them to trust Christ as Savior and Lord. Now, people were asking and they're asking Billy, Billy, why don't you retire? You're 85 years old already. In fact, in an interview, he said to Larry King this, you know, I can't find anywhere in the Bible where people retired from preaching the gospel. We need to preach the gospel to our loved ones. We cannot just assume that they are saved. We have to make sure that they are saved. Preach the gospel. Share your story. And I believe that that will be a blessing to a lot of people. My last point is this. No one can preach unless they are sent. In verse 15, it says, And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Pastors and missionaries receive a call from God and are sent to a place of ministry or service. And we're doing this in a full-time capacity. You know, we're pastoring the church. We're doing counseling. We're teaching. We're, uh, you know, helping the poor. We're doing social responsibility work and so on and so forth. We're raising up leaders. We do this in a full-time capacity. But I also believe that everybody is sent out to preach the gospel. In Matthew 28, if you will recall, go and make disciples of all nations. That's all of us whether vocational ministers or volunteer ministers, each one of us, we are called and we are sent to preach. And today we receive news on our mobile devices through news app or maybe messenger or even on our flat screen TV, maybe you're watching cable news. But back in the ancient times, good news traveled by means of messengers who ran from one place to another. And, you know, during the war, when soldiers would march off uh, to the battlefield, no one knew for months how the battle had gone until the messenger would come back with the news. 
No one had cell phones during that time. You can't watch any field reporter reporting what's happening in the front lines or in the battlefield. It all depends on the messenger arriving safely with news from a faraway land. It is a great day of celebration when a messenger arrived to deliver good news. And the reason is where we, uh, you know, how we apply, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. You know, when you pass on this message of the gospel to another people, who, another person who's in need, you're kind of like that messenger coming from a war and bringing to that person a good news that we have won the war and we have won the battle and we have already uh, taken our place of victory and that is indeed good news because Jesus Christ has given us victory over uh, sin and death. You know, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring in good news. And I want to give a, sh- I want to give a shout out to all our cross-cultural missionaries in the different nations. You all have beautiful feet. In fact, if you are a natural evangelist at home, you know, guess what? You, are, you, you have beautiful feet, okay? So as we preach the gospel, we need to realize that it has to be received by faith. People will either receive it or reject it. And in verse 16, it says, uh, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. You know, not all the Israelites receive the gospel. They are a chosen people through Abraham, yes. But yet the Bible was clear that salvation is not found through the ancestry or the physical lineage of Abraham, but only through faith in Jesus Christ. We get saved only by our faith in Jesus. But where does saving faith come from? Through the word of God. Salvation comes from faith in the gospel and faith comes from someone declaring the word of Christ. Someone may ask the question, but what about the heathen? They are eternally lost until, uh, unless someone preaches to them. What about our family or like neighbors who have never heard about the gospel? You know, they will not be saved unless someone goes to them and preaches the gospel to them. And saving faith can only come by hearing the word of Christ. You know, to summarize this sermon, we all have a responsibility to preach the gospel and to see people saved in the nations of the earth. The Bible promises that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. But for people to call on the name of the Lord, they must first believe in Jesus they must then first hear the gospel preached to them. And believers must preach the gospel and they must be sent out. And we can translate this in you know, application for a world mission perspective. For nations to call upon the name of the Lord, they must first believe in Jesus. They must hear the gospel preached to them. Missionaries must preach the gospel and the churches must send out those missionaries. We have a responsibility and that is our calling. And the reason why this uh, you know, short sermon series is entitled The Mission Continues is because our church, our movement, us, you know, Christians, believers, we have a responsibility and that is our calling. 
to go out there, to go into the, all the world, and to preach the good news. You know, the main point I want to share for us today <clears throat> excuse me, is the gospel must be preached at all costs to bring salvation to the nations. We shouldn't back down. The gospel must be preached at all costs to bring salvation to the nations. You know, as a church, we have a part to play in, in world missions. We are to do three things. We are to pray. You know, and God is expecting all of us to pray and be a house of prayer for the nations. Most of us can give. And we are grateful for the givers, and the faithful partners that we've had uh, standing with us for many, many years, faithfully supporting the mission work. And I'd like to just uh, remind everyone who's watching that when you give to missions, not one peso of that mission offering stays in the local church, but everything is used uh, and given out to the mission work out there in the nations. And last is we can go. We can actually go and join maybe as part of the long-term, full-time cross-cultural missionary or we can join short 10 days missions. And uh, we have tentatively stopped this traveling this year, but hopefully next year we'll be able to send out teams again for missions. So we pray, we give, and we also go. But before we pray, I want to encourage uh, you to ask the Lord what will be your part in world missions. And I believe that all of us, as I said earlier, we can be part of praying and crying out for the nations. You know, most of us, you know, if you are meeting or watching as a family, you can actually ask one another and ask the Lord, Lord, what's our part in all this? And some of us can actually physically go to the nations and be missionaries. You know, we will continue to reach the nations. No matter what the mission field looks like, we believe God is sovereign. We believe that He has opened the doors for us in this specific season, and we are excited to continue the work He has called us to do. We want to thank you for your unwavering partnership and your prayers. And once again, if you would like to continue partnering with us, we have made it easier for you to uh, recommit. We know that there's no physical meeting in the church. Many times we just write a, you know, a, a pledge using a card. But at this time, there's actually a QR code that is being shown on the screen. And you know, if you just screenshot that QR code, it will actually lead you into a Google Sheet or a Google Form. And you can just fill out that form and uh, the rest is going to be just provided by you. And then you can submit the that link okay so the QR code is to be scanned through your phone and uh, later on also after this service we can uh, leave it in our Facebook account so that you can actually go back to it now let me pray for for you as we end this service Father thank you so much for our time this day and and even for all of us who have received this benefit of being changed and transformed by the gospel of Jesus Lord I thank you that you will allow us to realize that we are also missionaries at heart and that you will use us to share the gospel and to preach the word to the people that we meet outside. I pray that you would continue to give us continuous burden for the nations of the earth. And I also pray, God, that you would use your church to pray, to give, and to also go, to be a blessing to other people and to other nations. 
Thank you, Father God. Now, if you are here today and you have not yet received the Lordship of Jesus Christ, I'd like to just lead you into a short prayer of salvation. And you can just uh, just pray this prayer from your heart and just receive the the you know the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus on that cross. Would you pray along with me? Just pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I confess that I am a sinner needing a Savior. Thank you for dying on the cross and you have been a Savior for my sins. I confess that Jesus is my Lord and I believe that He is raised from the dead. Thank you, Lord, that from this day on, I am saved and I have eternal life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Well, if you pray that prayer, we'd love to hear from you. Please do join our Connect Rooms right after this uh, uh, you know, service. And uh, we do hope that you have enjoyed your time with us. Well, at this point, I'd like to just uh, you know, end this sermon with a short prayer of benediction. Father, thank you so much for our time today. May your blessing of peace and hope be upon your people. Lord, I pray for those who are sick, that you would touch their physical bodies, that you would heal them. I pray for those who are going through some mourning right now, that you would comfort them as well. Lord, I thank you that you are the God of peace. And may you supply peace, nothing missing, nothing broken in their lives today. May the peace of God transcend our understanding. May God our heart and mind in Christ Jesus our Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord turn His face toward you and grant you peace. May the love of our Heavenly Father and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us always. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, thank you so much. We'll see you again next week. God bless you, everyone. Make sure to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Feel free to share this message with your friends too. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.victoryalamang.church.